0: and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King and I'm a lead pastor in Central Arkansas and I'm joined by my good friend Sam Rayner, who is also a lead pastor, but not in Central Arkansas. He's in Florida. How are you, brother?
1: <laughs> it's Florida? Florida, Florida.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Florida? Yeah. That's how I say it. Well, what does it mean? What's the word mean? Florida? Mm-hmm. Oh man! Sure, some native you put American me on word the spot. Or? I think
1: it's like land of flowers or something like that. Like Hernando de Soto or somebody, you know, oh.
0: uh,
1: whoever came over here first. And, That's appropriate. And named it. Yeah, it's it's something like I've read about it. I should know, but uh, I live here, but I've right. I'll, I'll just make something up. You know, sure. So, Hernando de Soto came over and saw all the beautiful flowers and named it Florida. Perfect.
0: I know Texas is friendship uh, or friendly. Um, Arkansas is, is named after a Native American tribe. The there you go. Same one that Kansas is named after, which is not hard to see at all. <laughs> so, Arkansas. Um, all right. So, your day going well? Man,
1: my day has started very well. Um Good. On the tail end of a vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually staying in the condo, the family just left minutes before we started because i have four children and there's no way that i could do a podcast with four children in the room um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh so i'm here by myself in the next couple of days i'm gonna grind out some projects that i've been need- needing to get done but i figured start the day in the best way possible with with the est audience
0: that's right of course and now micah is uh on his world tour um <laughs> It does feel like he kind of goes on world tours. <laughs> he does. He goes on world tours, and you go to the beach, and then I go to a meeting. That's I think that's our Mondays usually. That sounds about right. Yeah. Where is he at now? Do we even know, or are we I'm have, even allowed to say? Last time I said, and it was wrong. We had to delete it. I don't even know. I, I have no idea where he is. Who knows? Who knows? But we miss him, and we love him. We have. We a could topic. do a
1: "Where in the World is" instead of Carmen San
0: Diego. Sure. Sure. It could be Micah Fries. Micah <laughs> <Like> Fries. <laughs> yeah, I could see that being a cartoon. A real... do, you
1: remember, do you remember Superman had um, uh, Bizarro, whatever? Bizarro, whatever. yeah.
0: I, I remember so that. So,
1: what if Micah had a Bizarro version of himself? It would, would be it Micah be, Fries. Would it be Micah Fries? Yeah. I think we're onto something.
0: I think I somebody think, needs think to
1: start... S- a like a bizarro like Twitter account that's in
0: essence a fake Mica Fries, right? But just still spell it exactly the same way. It's just like <laughs> this one's pronounced fries. Don't confuse us. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, if that pops up here in the next little while, and I send you a login, don't 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 be surprised. <laughs> so we have speaking of logins and Twitter accounts and stuff like that, we have a Twitter suggestion on a topic here by a dude named Christian Wiley, whom. It looks like a legit account, kind of. I mean, it almost looks like it was created to talk to us. Uh, it's got five followers, fifty-three following. Um, but his little title: husband, father, pastor, ginger. He's a redheaded dude, although he's bald. Anyways, it's got a good topic for us. Well, uh, regardless, show. he
1: did bring us a good topic. He did. And, and I so say, Who, whoever's behind the account, kudos. Or are glad fake, you're listening.
0: Trolling account. It's a. It's very mild. It's just a. It's a, just a very kind little troll, but I don't think it's a troll. I don't think Christian's a troll. He no, says no. I need an episode on what it could look like to partner with local government and posturing our building towards community needs, pros, cons, and the whole shebang. So, I think it's a good topic because I think, it's ex- I
1: think it's an excellent question because it's something that. You know, I'm a bit opinionated about, and you know, good. that makes for good radio. I think good. churches should be sharing their building with the community. So sure, I'm, I'm glad he brought the question to the forefront. Have you ever known churches that are just absolutely not going to share their building? Yeah. I mean, it was the philosophy of West Bradenton before I got there. Hmm. Everything was what? on lockdown. What's the thought behind that? Well, I think the thought's noble for the most part. I think most people just don't want the facility messed up. I think that's what drives it. It's You know, I think rare would it it be a church that says these four walls are sacred and, you know, we don't want anybody to pollute our, you know – high spiritual nature in here. I, I mean, I, I just don't think that that's a lot of churches. I think for most of them, it's, we've spent a lot of money on this building. We poured, we, we, you know, poured ourselves into this new carpet and we just don't want it messed
0: up. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: it more than anything else. Yeah. So I guess we could
0: take it a couple. Now this is specifically towards community needs. We've done an episode before on, uh, you know, other church plants or ministries and how to handle that. And I think some of that same wisdom applies I remember talking in that episode about needing some clear contracts and those sort of things in place. Let's say it's a community organization. You actually remember, like, what's in each of our episodes? Because I, I don't have a clue. I just—I I mean, just this talk. is just a. Yeah, I—I I don't <laughs> actually. For some reason, I'm remembering this, and it could be. A com- I could be completely making this up. I don't, I, but I think that <laughs> we now, have. Well, that's what we do. Uh, for pretty every sure, anyway. <laughs> Right, I'm pretty sure we talked about contracts and things. And those are not hard. You can just create a simple little agreement.
1: I remember you saying something about that. Yeah. Well,
0: let's talk about this. Okay. So the church
1: has been blessed with a building. We know that Mm -hmm. the church is not a building. The church is the people of God, obviously. Right. But in North American context, which is pretty much our audience. um, Right. And this dude's from Ontario, by the way which shout out to our canadians we've got a lot of canadian listeners we've interviewed our friend steve from okotoks alberta um okotoks. you guys up there in the great white north we love you um right. so with the church building um you know it's been, we've been blessed with the building most churches have and in granted you don't have to have a building to have a church but but in our context that's what you need because people go to church it's just a cultural thing it's a contextual thing well Well,
0: particularly
1: in established churches which is what this show is about
0: we have well i'm just saying there's
1: there's nothing wrong with having a building as you know sometimes you know we get this oh my goodness look at this facility and it's like well you know it's you you don't you know if 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 your doctor said um let's go meet in the field i'll do the surgery out there You'd be like, I'm getting a new doctor. I want to go to a doctor's office, which is sterile, and you got all. The- it doesn't matter how good he is. It doesn't matter if he could do the surgery in the field. You you, you want it done in a building, You want it done in an office. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saying buildings are contextual. Let's not forget that. Right. And and if you most churches have a building, vast majority do. You need to use them. You need right. you need to open them up to the community.
0: Yeah, and see, you know, most of us that are around church quite a bit, we see that large room as the sanctuary. That's the the sanctuary, the chapel, whatever you call it, um, the auditorium. Um, But that can be a large event venue. Uh, It can be – you can fit quite a few people in there. And so I've seen it used in a number of different ways. Uh, Graduation, uh, Mm -hmm. school graduations, they're really helpful in that sort of setting. One other ways?
1: We we open our sanctuary up to the local high school Mm -hmm. um, for their – Choir, band, orchestra presentations. Um, we've had other school graduations in there. Uh, we actually partner with a local school to have. We have what's called VPK in mm-hmm. Florida, which is uh, pre-kindergarten, and it's uh, this government paid mm-hmm. for, so your four-year-old can go to, you know, um, can go to sure. pre-kindergarten. You know, mm-hmm. so I, it's actually a really neat thing. So we have a, a VPK in our facility that uh, gets it gets used Monday through Friday for that reason um obviously not in the summer but uh, so yeah i mean we we've opened up our facility to to quite a few different community um, groups uh, we have aa group that meets i mean we, we are, come to west Brighton at 2am somebody'll be there doing something mhm we've always got somebody on campus
0: we uh, my my son has piano lessons through the city um and they have like an arts program and um, it's at a little Methodist church on the other side of town. And so every Tuesday we'll take him up there and he'll do his piano lessons in one of the little rooms. But while I'm there, there's a lady who's actually teaching a clogging, clog, clog dancing, clog. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know I'm talking. Am I saying the right words?
1: Well, I don't even know. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Are those those wooden shoes? I don't think they're actually the wooden.
0: Netherlands or whatever. I think they used to be, but now, uh, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know, clogging is what it is. I haven't actually ever looked at the shoes, but anyways, there's this woman in there in that w- in what I consider there be their fellowship hall, and uh, five six other ladies in there, and they're they're learning clogging. Um, the The irony is that that lady, the teacher, is a member of Second Baptist, and um, so. We've got little people all over this Methodist church that are taking some sort of artistic – I know that there's flute lessons going on in one of the rooms, guitar lessons in another room. And then when we had the recital that my son was in, um, it was in their sanctuary. So that's a great use of the facilities. I don't know the situation. I don't know if the community organization uh, pays the church or rents it out or if the church just lets them use it. But I think it's a good use of the facilities Huh? personally. So- so you, I would like one. I would like to see you.
1: To cl- I would like to see you clogging. And yes, I am right about the wooden shoe thing. <laughs> but it's not the Netherlands. I'm sure it's there in the Netherlands. But it looks like it originated in Wales. So for those of Wales. our listeners, hmm. assuming Wikipedia is correct, um, it is. Of course, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not. I was not too far off. So huh. clogging at the Methodist Church.
0: Clogging at the Methodist Church by a Baptist lady. Um, so, I love it. Yeah. So that's – I mean, I think that's interesting. I think that's kind of fun Um, ways to use the the church facilities. But I will say there are some – so there were some pros and some cons. Obviously, the pros are getting people into the sanctuary or into the building in ways that you wouldn't normally – like they're going to come for something other than a worship service because they may not come for a worship service.
1: Yeah, that's secondary to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know – We open up our facility for any number of things. Uh, Getting people into the building to get used to the building to where maybe they will come to church, that absolutely is something that is on our mind. And, you know, you want people to be comfortable in your facility, um, particularly if you have a larger facility. Um, Ours is not giant, but it's, you know, we've had like six building projects over the last 75 years, so it's Mm -hmm. complex to find your way around. Um, So, yeah, that's that's important, but more for me, I just want to be a the the call. I've said this before, but the call to pastor a church is the call to pastor a community, and you have mm. got to be there for the community. You have to be a presence in the community. You have to be a, a pastor, a shepherd, available to the community. Um, and how, how how are you going to do that if your facility is on lockdown? People are just going to think that you're really closed off.
0: Yeah, I think there's a bunch of non tangible, um, intangible sort of benefits to it. Just like you're saying there, there's just a relationship with people that you're having. It's it's outward focused. Then there's also an inward sort of idea of getting them into the campus. I do like whenever you drive by the campus, um, something's going on. I think it looks like there's excitement. I think there looks like there's something happening. Um, so th- those are definitely things that are pluses. You know, one of my favorite things to do is our uh, food truck park that we opened up and you know, hundreds of people standing out under our grove of trees. That's out kind of t- by the road with these food trucks and just people milling about and that sort of stuff. It, it's great and it's community open and and I don't really mind. I mean, I think it's a great service to our side of town, which doesn't have a terrible you know number of restaurants. And so this is a great way for our our side of the community to just get together and hang out. And I think that's good, positive, kind of fun. Um, yeah. It- You know, and this
1: is something, you know, it's kind of odd because, you know, given our tribe being Southern Baptist, you know, this is actually something that many mainline churches, I know we've got some mainline church listeners here. Sure. um, That They've actually, mainline churches have done better. I won't say that they've got it all figured out, but they've certainly done better of having this posture of we've been planted into a neighborhood, we've been planted into a city, we've been planted into a certain area, and we're going to be like this spiritual presence for the community um and I, th- I think that uh, we can uh, us Baptists could probably specifically referring to me, me you and me Josh sure. can learn from some of the things that the mainline churches are doing in this area and I, I think that there's some good there and I think it's something that some perhaps evangelical churches have kind of lost um in the sense of well you know we're, we're you know we've got this great worship service come to this worship service and it ends up being um, instead of a seven day a week church and ends up being a one day a week church
0: mm-hmm Yeah, and so the dangers, the cons of this would be uh, multiple. There, there's quite a few ways to think through this. I think the first one that we need to just say is that if you're just closing off the building, um, you may be doing that out of fear. I think there's a number of fearful approaches that just kind of close off the facilities and the campus and those sort of things. What are? Hold on, just a second. Yeah. We're right at that time. I just need to say real quick uh, something to our listeners. What guides your core beliefs? Are they founded upon solid truths or are they based on others' opinions or your own emotions? What do you believe about your purpose and values affect almost every area of your life? This is the premise of the new film, Overcomer, in theaters August 23rd. It's the latest from the Kendrick Brothers, makers of Courageous and other, you know, Christian films that you've probably seen. This movie has inspired the creation of several resources for small groups. <laughs> there is an Overcomer Bible study, et cetera, et cetera. Check are you out okay? lifeaid slash overcomer. Do what? Are you okay? I just, I you're just too, found the write up hilarious.
1: <laughs> you're, you're cracking yourself up over I know, I know. the, the ad, which is absolutely because I have no idea why that would be the case. But the Kendrick brothers are great guys. You they know, are definitely. great. They make great films. Um, and 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 I've I've had the chance to meet them, um, just through some connections. Sure. And l- let me tell you, uh, whatever you think about their movies from an artistic standpoint, however you want to critique them, whatever. Um, personally, I like them. I-, I think they're good movies. They're healthy movies. They're wholesome movies for the church. Um, and they're just great people. Um, that they- they're legit. Yeah. You know, sometimes you wonder about what people are like really behind the scenes. My interaction with them has been very positive. So, I say go see
0: see the movie. I haven't watched one yet that I didn't like. Um, There you go. Yeah. I like their movies. So, um, anyways, back to the topic. Movie night. That's one thing we do for
1: the community. We have outdoor movie nights. You do outdoors? Uh, Yeah, when it's not hot. Um, In the wintertime, we'll do outdoor. And then now that we've got a renovated fellowship hall,
0: um, we'll do them indoor in the summer. I think that's great. Here's the problem, though. Here's some of the cons one of the cons to using your facilities is not thinking through very well um you know some people are just like oh yeah let's just open it up let's say movie night let's have a big old movie night da, 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 da. well here's the question before you announce that you're having a movie night and all that kind of stuff do you have the rights to show that movie you know Good that point. that would be uh that would be a big thing to think through you know also um how are you handling security how are you blocking off certain parts of the facility you know, you want to kind of think through these things, not in a negative way, but if you want folks to come in and watch what's going on and there's a movie for a couple of hours, well, you don't want um, a group of bored teenagers to hang out, go down the wrong hall, you know, and and, and and do something down there. So you want to make sure that you're thinking through all of the pro, uh, the objects. I've even seen some events on a facility before, um, and nobody thought through restrooms. You're like, oh, we're going to have it out there. We don't need to open the buildings. Well, is there any restrooms? This is a 4 hour event and there's no restrooms. So, um just thinking through all the logistics of inviting the community in and even let's say you do open it up for restrooms, do you have signage, proper signage that lets people who are not part of the church know where to go? You know, those things are very um important.
1: Yeah, and even even bigger picture, so we have um we have a day school, we have a VPK it's a very good one, actually. Love our teachers. Many of our church members are actually teachers, which is great. The director is one of our church members, um, so it works out really well. But if you have a school with children on your campus, clearly there are certain codes that have to be enforced. There are certain security procedures that have to be in place. And oh, and oh, by the way, we're also doing homeless ministry, which is awesome. We love that community, but you know, having and some of them have some police records, and you know, some of them have some felonies and some you know some backgrounds that are a little tougher. Uh, we love them, but you know there's times when they can't be on our campus in certain places because we have a day school mm-hmm. um so you know while we do both homeless ministry and we open up our facility to um to the day school we have to be very careful about who's on campus and when so thinking through things is extremely important because it can get you in a lot of trouble the other thing that I'll add that if you do this you're going to get a lot of requests from a lot of people and there's a good way to filter out uh, you know, many many inquiries that may not be legitimate. One, if you are a nonprofit, just go ahead and set up a rule that you're not going to allow for profit activities on your campus. So if you open up your facility, you can go ahead and rule out a lot of heartache. You know, get rid of a lot of heartache um, just by saying no non. No, we're a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. No for profit activities on the campus. Um, so, when somebody asks, you know, hey, I sell jewelry, um, I'd like to set up a booth, you know, in a little room and, you know, have people come by, it's just that you'll get that request. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's a, uh, you could, I don't know that the IRS would, you know, take away your 501c3 status, but you can get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, that's one thing. And the other thing is go ahead and just Google Forms. They've got a, it's, you know, it's a very, if, you know, even, it's free and just set up uh, a request. So if somebody asks you know you can funnel them to you know a Google form and set it up however you want to set it up ask whatever questions you want to ask and that way you know there's a step there that requires people to make some effort on their part and you're not just being caught in the hallway. Um, hey, can we use the room for this? Um, you can say all right you know I need a, an official request and so that will help you filter. Um, Help you filter certain requests. And on that form, you can put things like what room do you need? When do you need it? What are you going to use it for? All of that. Um, So two practical things to think about before you just
0: open up your facility. Absolutely. Another call that you need to make is your insurance company. Um, If something happens on your campus, are you liable for it? And in what ways are you liable for it? And are you covered uh, to... To handle that, so it it matters. It, there's different dangers. There's different things that that are covered, and the, none of this is fun. This isn't uh, the sexy part of pastoral ministry. But, no, this uh, is shepherding.
1: Yeah, you just
0: want to make sure that you're protecting the assets of the church. And what I would say is another aspect, not only calling insurance is the the concept of the tail wagging the dog. So. I've been in churches before. Let's say – let's let's look at something like a sports program. Sports programs are great outreach tools. A lot of churches use them. I, I find them to be uh, phenomenal and, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I have seen – I have been on staff at churches in which that sports program runs the church, the whole thing. Everything is mm-hmm. scheduled around the sports. All of the volu- – you are constantly recruiting coaches and referees and concession stand workers and – Field maintenance crew, you're you're doing like a lot of recruiting, and then you are so spent. I, the church I was on staff at, we did year-round programs, and so one sport would end, another one would begin like in two weeks, and we did no zero, not one follow-up on anybody. So the 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 stuff that you actually are saying, oh, we're going to have hundreds of people on our campus, and we're going to reach them for the gospel. That's what you kind of say. But then you're not actually reaching them for the gospel. You're reaching them for sports development. That's, that's what you become. And uh, a large amount of money is leveraged towards it, time, energy, staff, personnel. And you are so exhausted, you're not recruiting small group leaders or training, you know, security team, those sort of things. So make sure that whatever you're opening, you can, you probably do have excellent facilities and because of our tax situation and those sort of things you can probably do things like sports programs cheaper and uh because you have a volunteer base you may even be able to do it better you have all of this stuff ready to go but make sure that the church doesn't become a sports facility or a movie theater or you know i don't know any other a, a school kind of options i mean this this there.
1: idea of a tail wagging the dog is particularly with the facility is probably the biggest danger of mm-hmm. all is th- the first question that you need to ask um, is, is when when you start doing this? Is this going to be a ministry of the church or is this a ministry in the church? And mm-hmm. that's a philosophical difference with how um, your facility is used. There's nothing wrong with you allowing other ministries in your church. So we actually supply offices for. Um, one More Child, which is a great organization. They're one of our mission partners. Um, we, we, we give them several offices, uh, you know, a section of one of our homes that we own on our campus, and we love it. We love that partnership, um, but they are not a ministry of our church. They are a ministry that happens to be in our church. We're providing free offices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our day school is kind of a quasi-partnership. It's a little bit of both. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we're, not pay- we're not paying the teachers, but at the same time, many of the teachers are our own church members. Now, ultimately, I don't oversee their staff. That would go to the the school, the private school that actually owns this particular day school. So that's kind of a hybrid. Um, and then there's times where it's not just a ministry in your church, it's a ministry of your church, and you decide, hey, we're w- this is going to be under our 501c3 umbrella. This is going to be um one of our ministries. And so whatever people are asking to use your facility for, you need to make sure that you walk through that philosophical decision. Are we just giving them space in our building, which is fine? Or um is this something that is going to be a ministry that we ourselves do? Mm. And obviously that has implications for insurance and different things as, as you've brought up, but where it gets where people really get into trouble is when the ministry in the church becomes, you know, kind of the boss. Yeah. Um you know, I've seen this schools are schools are notorious for this. We love our day school. We've got a right. wonderful partnership. But schools, man, they can take over a building. And I have actually seen churches that the school signage outside is ten times bigger mm-hmm. than the church signage. So right. it's clearly like Okay, there's a little church here, mm-hmm. and then there's this giant school. Right. And in most cases, that's not really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um. So you, I can't say in every case it's unhealthy, but in most cases, it, it's um, it's a ministry in the church that's really suffocating the activities of the church, and it it can become a major major problem. So there are some cons to this. Yeah. Personally, I think that the pros way outweigh the cons, but there's some definitely some things to consider.
0: Yeah. And I think you just need to get those things in line and make sure that um, – I've seen churches split over this school situation. And the problem is that the school was running the church in every way but Sunday. I mean, you couldn't schedule a room because they were being used all week long, every single room, every single facility. And nothing was being used for the church or the ministries, what you would – the the clear, like uh, the ministries of the church. Um, instead, everything was ran through this school. And yet the governance of the school, that's another situation that you got to think through the govern What's making the decisions in this group that is meeting on your campus? Uh, because if it's if it's not uh, or if it goes wayward, do you have any repercussions to kind of stop it? Do you have any representation on those situations? So, like, do you make um, these groups that come in any sort of faith statement? Alignment, or they just won't disagree with it. Well, how do you have? How do you handle that? Like the religious part of things.
1: Actually, um, it depends. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, if it's a one-time event and we kind of understand what's happening, then we may not. Um, we may not make them kind of sign off on some general confessional statement. But generally speaking, we do. We want to for those religious-based organizations. Um, You know, we would not open up our facility to, say, a a Muslim group um, Mm -hmm. or um, or even, you know, maybe a Jehovah's Witness group or Mormons. And those are all different categories. I understand that I'm not trying to lump them all into the same category, but um, there are some limits to how we would open up our facility. Yes. Um, But, you know, generally speaking, yeah, we we want to partner with people that are of like mind, like faith, like practice. But we're we're broad, so you have to understand when I say that we're not our it's a our big tent. our doctrine is more broad than it is narrow. We're more big tent than we are small tent. Um, so if you're outside of our big tent, it, it means that we probably shouldn't be be partnering with you.
0: Right. It wouldn't even be beneficial to you if you want. I mean, that's not going to work.
1: Right. Right. Well. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want. You know, this group met at West Bradenton. Uh, you know, those are not things that I really want out there. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what the group is, but th- but then that's different than the community. So we would not ask, you know, Manatee High School to sign off. And they're right down the road. They use our facility for many different things. Um, we would not ask them to sign off on our confessional statement. They're a public school. That would be mm-hmm. ridiculous. Right. Um, so there are. It's it's not like it's clear cut. Um, you know, we do have groups mm-hmm. that meet on our campus that may not even be
0: believers. Um, it just kind of depends on where they're coming from and what they're doing. Generally I ask that they will sign something that says they will not do anything in conflict with our statement of faith. So That's a good way to approach it. Yeah, they don't have to sit there and I don't know, you know you don't have to be a Bible study. So you're just you're having music lessons or whatever. Um that's great. But at the recital, let's not do a song where the lyrics are, you know anti-Jesus that so that would be something that would be in conflict with our faith statement so um, that I think when you clarify that and really respect one another in that way then people are uh, I think they're they see the logic of it oh okay yeah you're not making me do what you guys do but at the same time I'm not going to be anti you as I'm in your building that would be kind of crazy I
1: I like that idea you know something how that I don't know quite how that would work out practically but I
0: think that's a good general rule of thumb well, what I've found is just you you do it, you make them sign it, and then you have a, uh, you know, an escape hatch later if something goes crazy or, you know, hmm. hey, we just, this can't keep going. So um, one last thing I will say is just to be aware that these sorts of relationships are, the, they're, they're stressful. Um, they can be hard. I'm not talking about like if you have a farmer's market in your parking lot on the weekends, that's kind of cool, pretty easy to run, no big deal. But, you know, the days of schools doing their graduation services, and that sort of stuff, I mean, it's constantly in the news. Somebody's upset because the graduation service was at a church and there was a cross or, you know, a Bible verse on the wall or something. And, And so those things, they happen. Don't get upset about it. There's nothing really you can do about that in the big, giant scheme of things. You just want to build relationships. And where you can partner together, partner together. And where you can't, or where they don't feel comfortable partnering, and hey, I'm on, I'm on the church side of this. I think it's silly. I think it's ridiculous to get so upset because they're using some facility. And I know a large church in Dallas got in trouble with this. School was graduating there every year, and then one year, an atheist group stepped in and wanted the crosses covered. They wanted them, you know, something draped over the crosses, and the church said, no, we're not going to do it. And so that caused a big storm and. You know, but just know that that kind of thing happens. And um, that's why there needs to be really clear cut agreements going in on who and what is being endorsed or this just facility usage. And so, yeah, I think that's
1: helpful. It's going to be messy. No doubt. I mean, if if you open up your facility, if you open up yourself to the community, it's going to be messy. Yeah, no doubt. And but that's when you know you're doing ministry right. Yeah. Is when things are messy. It's when things aren't messy. That you may want to ask yourself, am I really doing this in the way that I should? So yeah, you you, you put yourself out there in the community, you, you, you're going to put yourself in the community's mess,
0: which frankly is right where the church needs to be. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to EST. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcast and we'll catch you next week.
1: You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher.
0: Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.